0: Good afternoon, Friends of Traders. Welcome to the Live It Up Podcast. I'm Dan Hodgman. I'm Jack Pelzer. Jack, how are you doing today? Today, I am staring at a 200-day moving average in the S&P, just waiting for something to happen. But otherwise, I'm doing great. How about yourself, Dan? I am beat from this week. Gosh, it was
1: a volatile week of trading across the board, to say the least. I mean, um, you got stocks just, even this morning, that quick open. Uh, on -hmm. the open we saw the rally it's like oh maybe we're going to extend yesterday's range nope we try and get back into yesterday's value doesn't accept inside yesterday all over the place with uh, S&Ps
0: then staying really really quiet the rest of the day sometimes after a big day and uh, a month of November up five percent that's quite something that's a nice pleasant change of pace sometimes after a big day there's a little bit of a fight at the beginning over which way it's going to go, if it's going to extend or go down a bunch. But I was a little bit hesitant today that it was going to move too much because there's the big unemployment number tomorrow morning. So I think eventually that's what happened today. We kind of settled into the, all right, we're not going to make a move until tomorrow.
1: Right, there's that. And then what I was watching really closely is those uh, the bonds. Uh, big rally in the notes and bonds that continued today. They extended yesterday's range. So the basic fundamentals of um, bonds to stocks tend to be inversely proportional. And uh, obviously, when there's big news, both rally. We saw the bonds continue to here today, which really told me a lot to think about when it came to the equity market. Like I'm not looking for equities to continue because they're not re- bonds aren't reacting on you know some surprise news that just came out today. They're continuing based off the news of yesterday, and then you see stocks kind of slow it up a little
0: bit maybe a chance to take a look at the bonds that's where my expertise if you want to call it that lies that's what i used to trade they're exciting again i remember when i left the industry man uh, could never imagine moves like what is happening recently i mean a whole percent move it was just it's a couple weeks ago it was at 4.2 4.3 for the 10 year back to 3.5 it's just complete whiplash. These are crazy bond moves. And you're right. They're still digesting that stuff from Powell because uh, they're reevaluating the way the whole curve looks. The twos, tens are super inverted right now. I mean, mm-hmm. the the two-year rate right now is still above. It's it's come in a bit, but it's still above 4%, which is crazy. You get risk-free, federal tax-free, 4.2%, 4.3% for two years. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Would well there's better. that
1: you know the one thing that you, you talk about some moves happening there i mean in reality we've got a two-handle move in the 10-year note which a big day in a 10-year note is a half a handle move we got two handles over the last two days that, that's a big move in a product like that which to me as a bond trader that type of stuff is a lot of fun
0: and me as a homeowner that's good for mortgage rates <laughs> exactly <laughs> well what um, else went down today
1: Well, you know, the one thing I'm always watching, I pay close attention to it. I am pretty active on a long time frame when it comes to oil. Um, I'm a pretty active long-term oil trader, have been for a number of years now. Um, We've seen oil all week on a strong trend to the upside. Um, You know, we were down in low 70s to start the week. Now we're in the low 80s, so we're seeing big upside moves there. The difference being a lot of overnight moves, so the rallies are coming pretty strongly overnight. Yeah, there's some movement in the uh, the regular trading hour session, but today, what really kind of got me intrigued was, Jack, if you remember a while back, we talked about the price of eighty three dollars. Correct. Today, crude oil opened up at eighty three dollars. It tried to get above. It could not get above, and it broke all the way down to almost $81. So it attempted to close the gap down to settlement price. But that's a really good signal for me that I'm going to be watching, again, that 83 handle in the oil market.
0: Now, two things. That 83 number, because I don't trade oil, is that something that was told to you by a voodoo priestess or something? Or you have some sort of long-term – where did that number come from? Or is it's this a proprietary? Level I,
1: it's a level I have been watching – I want to say six ish months um and i have found a lot of great opportunity at. that's Um, good enough for me comes from you know how i look at levels it really gets too into the weeds we'd need uh like 18 podcasts to talk about how i
0: determine my levels well if we need content in the future i'll be glad to do that with you (laughs) Uh, something to watch out for when you if you're trading uh commodities Another important part of that is that the dollar has been getting hammered, finally. It's still way, 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 up. How up is it, Jack? Oh, I think it's still up. I was waiting for you to say way, way,
1: way Way, 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 way. I was going to say, yeah, I'm
0: saying a for each basis point. Yeah, it still be going for a while there. But the dollar's coming in versus the other currencies. In part, everything we're talking about here, it all stems back to what the fed said and the soft landing you think about it the dollar the interpretation of what powell said yesterday i'll let you talk about gold and uh the euro in a second i'll be honest with you jack don't have them up right now okay screw it no (laughs) let's be honest (laughs) no one uh no one in our program trades the euro or gold not not many we should um if there is someone out there We should have them on the show or send them like a uh, gold ingot or something like that. Small one, (laughs) some flakes. Okay, so let's get into it then. Uh, I'm titling this podcast, So You're Saying There's a Chance of a Soft Landing. Dumb and Dumber reference. Still a movie that's very watchable. Uh, Rings truer in these times, I find, maybe. Um, Anyway, Powell yesterday saying some mixed things as usual but the big takeaway is that he seemed or explicitly suggested that the so-called soft landing is still a possibility all the moves we talked about yesterday are because of that equities of course jumped. that's why the nasdaq especially was up so much those are more interest rate sensitive stocks there because they're higher growth we talked about the dollar getting hammered same reason We talked about bonds, of course, the same phenomenon as the dollar there. And now we're kind of waiting around to see what the data is for unemployment tomorrow. There was some, the manufacturing index, that's a hard word to say, manufacturing index yesterday. There you go. Good job. I know. I need to slow down sometimes. My mouth just gets ahead of what I'm thinking about these numbers was the worst number since June of 2020. There is some slowing in the uh, payrolls added, but we still haven't seen anything. That's the big component that's lacking so far. The sort of signal that inflation's going down for good is uh, the incredible strength in the employment market. And it just seems so odd to see the Fed out there essentially saying, we need to get this unemployment up. We got to get it up it's all about
1: balance equilibrium
0: yeah i'm sure uh it's just such a weird well we'll talk about this more let's get your thoughts first and then i'll wax philosophic and talk some levels
1: no i think um i think you're kind of spot on there jack i mean when we're talking about this idea of unemployment and what the number is and how that impacts things across the globe you know, if you think about it, if unemployment's down, there's more money going into people's pocket, which means there's more spending. When there's more spending, that increases demand. And when demand goes up, price goes up. So we're seeing that across the board. And slowly, stuff is starting to roll over a little bit. I think you're going to start to see costs continue to uh, impact that, to impact the, the lifestyles, in a sense, um, that are going to start to show weaker numbers on spending. We're heading into holiday season. So consumer spending is going to be a really hot topic, um, I think, Mm -hmm. over the next month, month and a half to see where that consumer spending is. If that's a good number, that's a really good sign for economic growth. If it's not and we see consumer spending decreasing, that's going to put pressure on other aspects um, that
0: we really want to pay attention to. Hypothetically, if unemployment were 1%, for instance, uh, it it raises wages quite a bit quickly because you need to offer a lot to get people there because you know they already have a job essentially and that can kind of spiral out of control what's interesting a million things but making this different again this is the first time we've had one of these post pandemic type bullwhip seesaw uh recoveries what's interesting is that in the um, employment market, the people that are getting laid off right now are not in a typical recession. You see uh, the people who are making less money getting laid off left and right as companies cut costs. And this, you know, you look at Google, Twitter, Amazon, all these places are laying off a bunch of people that are making a lot of money. It's sort of a different feel now. That won't impact the unemployment rate too much because there's not that many of those people, but it can affect demand a lot because those people presumably spend a lot of money and will be spending less until they get a new job at a uh, more boring company, as I think they would say. Or the boring company. (laughs) I don't think they're getting more jobs. (laughs) I don't think so. Um, Let's talk about... before we oh, do it, I heard the other day like the only boring company project that exists is I did not know this existed, but under one of the, under the Las Vegas Convention Center, they have a loop, that they dug, and you can just go around it. People will drive you in a Tesla at like thirty miles an hour. So that is where that's well, going. Well, aren't
1: at. they also working on the underground tunnels from Los Angeles to Las Vegas?
0: That'll never happen. (laughs) I thought they were were
1: working on it. I don't know. I don't pay much attention to that stuff. I don't live out there. I'm not going to be driving from L.A. to Las Vegas, so I'm not too concerned about that traffic.
0: Elon Musk doesn't pay that much attention to it either, so (laughs) there, you're in good company. Go ahead, Dan.
1: No, you know, there's something I wanted to kind of spin into talking about today. We've seen volatility here over the last few days, and we're continuing to see volatility. If anyone remembers, we can go back to December 24th, 2019. Um, You know, you think you're going into the holidays, things are going to quiet up, volatility spikes. We have a big break um, in the equity market on Christmas Eve or the day before Christmas. I can't remember if it was 23rd or 24th. Uh, Huge break on that day. And the reason I want to talk about this is we touched about it in, you know, in a little bit on the coach's playbook earlier this week. But it's this idea of watching retail traders try and pick tops and bottoms and, and try and fight what the trend is showing yesterday prime example right we see this big rally in the equity markets now as Mm -hmm. a trader your first instinct is i wish i was long that move because likely you were not long on that move not many people were going you know you don't want to carry positions when you know powell's about to speak and we're in some delicate times like we were we are right now these markets are very susceptible to the slightest impact so yesterday, watching these trades, right? If we're if traders are trying to get in on that move, there's a couple things you need to keep in mind. Number one, you are not trying to pick a top on a face ripping rally like that yesterday. It even slowed up when I think it was Nasdaq was up like 2.8, 2.9 percent, which was half the move yesterday. Um, maybe a little less than a little more than half, but it was a half the move yesterday and it started to look like maybe this was the top. Well, no, that Mm -hmm. market continued to extend and continued to end, I think NASDAQ ended up yesterday, over 5% up on the day. So really strong rally in the NASDAQ, and same goes for the S&Ps. Now we know a majority of our traders out there are trading those two products. And the key here is, number one, You're not trying to jump in on a momentum move like that because we don't know what that market's going to do. Yes, we know exactly what Powell Powell is saying. We do have a belief system in what this market's going to do. But these markets, when news comes out like that, the market thins, liquidity disappears. I was watching relatively large spreads on the bid and offer. I was watching the dome move so fast i couldn't even figure out if it was going higher or lower Um, there was extremely fast move, and this lasted for quite a while so if you're trying to get in on a trade like that number one wait for things to slow up a little bit and you want to start to recognize the heartbeat of what this market's doing i say the term heartbeat that's how it was taught to me markets if you're in a long position jack how many times have you watched it and you see it you know let's say you're watching the dollars and cents the p ls go up you'll see it go up let's call it $50 and it comes back and you go down $13 and then it goes up and you're sixty dollars and then you're only and then it goes to down five it's slowly going to work its way you know take the two steps forward one step back two step forwards one step back you know you're in a good trade that's what you want to start to pay attention to you want to start to recognize where's the bottom coming in we're not looking at one minute charts we're looking at a little bit higher time frame on some moves like this it's going to help kind of guide what you're looking at the next thing you really have to pay attention to is the basic principles of volume Every trader, if you've gotten into this industry, one of the first things you're taught or you should have been taught if you haven't, do some research into basic principles of volume. If market is moving in a direction and volume continues to come in, look for direction to continue. If market's moving in a direction and we start to see volume dip, look for that market to hold or reverse. I think a lot of people forget about the hold concept. That market may just be stalling out trying to find its place at that price maybe it's looking to attract more buyers maybe it's going to end up eventually attracting sellers and rotate that market lower but we want to be looking at this that is not a sign of a reversal that's a sign first that the market may be holding before it rotates lower or it's holding trying to attract new buyers more than likely it's going to attract new buyers and it's just going to be a step now obviously if it's a key level there's an opportunity to say hey i can take a cheap trade here maybe i'll get some rotation lower that's not the basic principles of volume here, right? That's what we want to really pay attention to. Make sure you're checking the boxes on those moves. And in reality, I don't think any retail trader out there is going to determine a top or a bottom. I can honest to God tell you over the last eight years, I have picked one bottom to a tick. It was in crude oil. I can't remember the handle it was, but it was at 22 cents. I wanted to take a trade at 25. I wanted to go long at 25, but I really like 22 because 22 is my lucky number. It was the bottom tick. It filled three contracts. Two of them were me, and I got the move. That's the only time that's ever happened, I think, ever in my career that I've gotten at
0: that. Other than bonds, bonds are a little different because they're not moving that much. (laughs) I thought you were going to say you caught it at like minus $45 that one time or whatever it got down to when it went negative. I. I did take a very long-term trade on that uh, on that break that uh, lasted quite some time and I'm very, very pleased with. Well, good for you. Yeah, and even if, if you're on a daytime frame, it's unlikely that you're going to hold because you don't know that you picked the bottom. Say back in the financial crisis or 2009 after the absolute low in the S&P was like 666, which is amazing. You can't make it up. It's probably why it reversed but you don't know for quite some time that you picked the bottom there so it's unlikely that if you do pick one of these that you're gonna hold it long enough to make it's such a risky trade that the reward has to be so big to justify something like that I mean what are the odds on a day time frame that you're gonna really hold the top tick or the bottom tick long enough for it to you know make up for the 150 times you got burnt before that exactly Exactly. And there were a couple things yesterday you could really start to look at
1: um, to help kind of potentially get you in the long side move, one of which determining channels, trend lines, right? If you look at a high time frame, which I I know a lot of traders out there aren't totally paying close attention to the high time frame, and that's totally okay. But if you're looking at a daily chart and uh, you've ever heard me talk, Jack, I mean, I've heard you talk, yeah, I preach this idea of just define a channel. And really it's it's gonna be a reference for you to help determine on a, is this trade, is it worth going long? Yeah, everything's telling me long, but where is it at in reference to where we've been historically trading? Yesterday, that market we had Tuesday, came and checked a low side, failed to break below our twenty period moving average on a daily chart and failed to move below our low side of our channel or a low side of trend, which had like 12 points of contact not 12. It was like six, six points of contact over the last month on this trend up that we've seen in the equity markets. So we failed to get below that on Tuesday. We open up there on Wednesday. In my opinion, I really like the long side because we failed to get outside of channel. So I'm going to look for rotation back to
0: high side of channel, which we're about halfway there. Good analysis. The other huge level that I mentioned previewed at the beginning here was we did bust through the 200-day moving average in the S&P futures. Now, interesting stuff there, because the last two times it's almost exactly top-ticked that and gone on a continued downstreak. It's held it today. It tested it today. That was an interesting thing if you were looking at it. It definitely was working its way towards there. It's come back a little bit. I am making a little call for tomorrow that i'll call vroom or doom so after this uh unemployment number tomorrow if the market's down and it can't uh hold that 200-day moving average that is doom i would say it keeps on going if we start to get a little bit of continuation i say vroom because you know end of week options a lot of reasons that people are looking at that if we can hold that 200-day moving average that is a big deal because we sure have not been able to do it yet in the year of our lord 2022
1: i would 1000 percent agree with that one jack if we can hold above that i think we've got potential to the upside now where i would uh, i'm gonna have to disagree as Uh i don't think it's uh would you say
0: vroom or gloom vroom or doom
1: doom I don't think it's doom if we don't uh, hold above it tomorrow. Um, I still have a lot of support area that's going to keep us up there. Um, Granted, it might not be like a 10-handle move. I'm looking, you know, potentially, potentially 50, 60, 70 handles that we can move down and be, in my opinion, still maintaining a nice trend to the upside, which we've seen for the last
0: month. Yeah, I think it could work. By the way, speaking of bottom ticks, I was just reminded because, you know, we are above 4000, I was going to say, you know, says the guy who's now lost $10 to me, that was a bad oh, bottom crap. tick. I, I was just looking the year low. <laughs> uh for those who weren't aware, Dan and I have had a couple of $5 bets when the market, the ES futures have been at about 3750 of whether it would go below 3500 or above 4000 first. This time, it got down to a low of 3502 before it turned around and made me one of those sweet Lincolns.
1: Yeah, and didn't you get paid on Veterans Day, Jack? I did.
0: I sent, I sent, you sent I, me a message I sent, about that one. Dan, Dan's, a, Dan's a Marine, and uh, I sent him a message on uh, Veterans Day when it it got the, that number and just took off like a rocket the other way, and I just said, like, ice cold on Veterans Day. But, yeah, you know, if you okay. need more reasons, the market just is not sentimental. It will, uh, it will kick you when you're down. It will uh, do you wrong at your grandma's funeral. It does not care. So maybe that's the biggest thing to take away.
1: I think that's the biggest takeaway. It doesn't care. You know, nothing matters. And that's why at the end of the day, like you being in the right frame of mind when you're entering these markets is so important. You know, goes back to some psychological stuff. It's You got to have the right frame of mind. I've said this a million times. You know, I've seen people where I'm, long a position, they're short a position, we both walk away making money because of the way you handle it. And so it doesn't matter what the market's going to do. There's ways to make money in it long and short. Um, But you have to be in the right frame of mind to be able to walk away successful from some of this stuff. If you're not in the right frame of mind, you know, the biases come in, the emotions get involved. And I think everyone here listening knows this. Uh, uh, The emotions, if you're emotional going into your trading day, and something else is impacting you, don't be here don't don't waste your time, and and I mean that in like the most sensitive way possible. It's not worth your energy and the taxing on you emotionally as um you know as it should be. It should be a fun endeavor every day. Yeah, you should feel a little you know a little heart racing, a little sweat in the palms. That's a good thing. Um, but if you are distracted by external things that are not trading, step away, and it's totally okay. Even if you miss the big move, even if you. Or like me, where yesterday I was like, well, I should have been long this whole entire move, which I think 90% of people probably said, I
0: should have been long this whole thing. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Exactly. And don't let the past. It reminds me of this anecdote. Some, I don't even remember if it was a famous trader, but I heard this somewhere in some interview, where this trader was saying that, and the year doesn't matter, but he said, I could have told you where the NASDAQ would finish... on the January 1st of this year, we'll we'll just call it like 2002 or something like that. I could tell you exactly where it would be on December 31st of that year and give you the capital to trade, you know, futures or something, and you'd probably still lose it all because it, you know, dipped 25% first and then rallied something like that. I, I forget what the year is of it. But I think that's an important thing to remember that we talk about, not thinking about FOMO, or not trying to, thinking you missed the big moves, they're always around the corner. And even if you think that you have got it figured out, and you're right, if you're not in the right time frame and not objectively just doing what the market's giving you at that moment, on that day, at that hour, you can still destroy a bunch of uh progress that you've made so there's no harm in stepping away um be in the right mindset when you're in there and don't try and top or bottom tick things
1: exactly you know i think uh this goes to this that the classic line well i was in but i got stopped out before it went where i thought it was gonna go well there's a lot to dissect from comments like that i think i saw a comment recently asking some questions about that so I'm just going to jump on it now because there's a lot to dissect when that happens, right? Number one, you know, it could be as simple as your stops are just too tight, or number two, you're not looking at it in the right time frame. Like Jack's talking, you got to be in the right time frame. So you may be looking at a shorter time frame chart, missing some of the information um, on a higher time frame that would impact your decision making. You're obviously getting in the trade too soon, so you got to start asking those questions. Why am I getting in, and how do I improve an entry point here? And to me. It's, you know, looking at multiple time frames on a chart, and it's 15 minute, 30 minute, four hour, I'm a big four hour guy, um, and dailies, really keeping an eye on a number of factors to help, you know, look for
0: confirmation for those entry points. And keep track of, you know, as these markets move around, we go through levels that have not been important for a while. They're still important. There's still people that are breaking even there or thinking about something there. So keep a list or, um, you know, a separate sheet in your journal or spreadsheet or something with important levels uh, from the past. Sometimes they could be years back. You know, we're talking about the 200 day moving average today. There's things way further than that. I still look back and see things like uh, the high before COVID, the low of COVID, some of those uh, different spikes. Those are all things to pay attention to before you, and just internalize that you're not going to use that for your entry probably, but then internalize that and then get more and more granular, and then do your tactical stuff.
1: Well said yeah, historical levels are great. I mean because you got to think about it too right Not everyone has the risk appetite that you do. Some have much larger risk appetite some, have ways to hedge those positions. So, and I'm not saying I know anyone like this or I think there's anyone out there, but there's a chance that people are still long from the levels pre-COVID, but because they know how to spread the risk, create hedges, you know, work some calendar spreads, they may still have longs at those highs um prior to COVID. Well, yeah. we're past that now, aren't we? Uh, well, anyhow, all time highs. I'm saying COVID, but all time highs, like things like that. We've taken a lot of heat over the years, and we rally back to them. There are people that hold held positions because they have the capital and the and the the knowledge and know how to manage those positions. They can handle that.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, look at SBF, right? I mean, he held for. A, you shouldn't do this, but he certainly held for a long time from the all time highs with whatever leverage position they were on before his firm exploded uh there's always there's people that are taking a lot of heat i have Mm -hmm. accounts that are taking a lot of heat (laughs) don't we all yeah shut it down come back in a few years um yeah so that's all i got that i'm excited for the next fed meeting i'm excited for the unemployment tomorrow i'm excited just to like man i just want to see some good inflation news that would make me happy That's all i want for christmas I wouldn't mind that we're wrapping up. It's
1: the last month of the year. Uh, So, you know, one thing for anyone out there, uh, don't push yourself. You have one month, you're not going to make up for everything that happened the last 12 months. So don't come in with that expectation. Take things slow. If you're not seeing the opportunity, don't be afraid to shut down early and go enjoy some family or go enjoy some friends or Go out and go on vacation. Go for a drive. Go for a walk. Go do something. Don't feel like you got to push it here the last month. This is where you should be already. Goals should have been hit. If they're not, readjust and start planning for
0: 2023. Yeah, take it easy. Don't be too hard on yourself. That's an important one. We'll see you next week for uh, me and Dan. This is the Limit Up podcast. Uh, Might be something coming around the corner next week as far as top Step goes. I'll leave it at that. In the meantime... You know what to do. Keep on namasteing and trade well, y'all. The Limit Up Podcast is a presentation of Top Step. Check us out at topstep.com to learn more about our futures trading combine and how you can become a funded trader. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.